uh, Pastor Jonathan phoned me from uh, Spokane the other day and uh, asked me to if I could do this tonight. And uh, I knew that I had to go to Tofil for this funeral, and I said, um, I, will, I will do it. Because God had put a message in my heart two days before that, but I didn't know what, what was for. And so I knew exactly what was for. And uh, my message tonight, if you want to put a name to it, we put a name like this, how to overcome temptation. And uh, I know that we all experience temptations all the time. It's not just once in a while, once a month, once a year, but it's every day and maybe uh, several times a day. And God wants us to know how to overcome temptation. And temptation, it's not a sin unless you let it happen. Temptation will come. Temptation always comes. Uh, you tempted maybe not to go to church. You tempted maybe not to give in the offering because the money is not there. All those are temptations and they come from the evil one. There is other temptations. Temptations to gossip. Temptations to not be a very nice person to some people that you don't really particularly like. <laughs> there is many, many temptations, and you can, you can make your own list of your temptations, okay? Because we all have faced temptations every day, and we all have our little list. I'm going to give you a definition of the word temptation, and it's to entice, to do wrong by promise of pleasure or gain the um, aspects of uh, I mean, a, a pleasure or, or gain. And there is three uh, aspects of, of temptation. It's pleasing to the eye. It's desirable for gaining wisdom or control. And so we see that operating in the world. But I've seen it operating in the church. And uh, sadly to say, we allow the enemy to have his way instead of us tramping on him. I'm going to turn to Genesis chapter 3, and you probably know the, the, the story right there. Chapter 3, verse 1 says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field, which the Lord God has made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, God has said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden. 
The woman said to the serpent, from the, tree, from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God said, you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to her, you surely will not die. How many of us have been allowed the devil to come to our lives and say, you surely will not die? This is, will not happen to you. Come on. You are God's child. This is, will never happen to you. And as we allow the devil to speak lies to us, we get into more trouble and we cry out to God after to deliver us. And yes, God is faithful. And yes, God is merciful. And yes, God is love. But sometimes, sometimes we need to grow up. And uh, I mean, when you have a, a two-year-old child, it'll come into your home and will touch things, OK? So you say to that child, no, don't. Or you know, you slap their little hand. You know, you don't say, don't do that, you know? And then uh, they grow older, and uh, they know where to draw the line because, you know. But do we ever know where to draw the line? Genesis 39 and verse 7 to 10, there is a, there is a super um, example of temptation, and that is Joseph. You know the story of Joseph. I don't need to read the whole story. But I'll start in verse 7. It says, it came about after these events that his master's wife looked with desire at Joseph, and she said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, behold, with me here my master does not concern himself with anything in the house, and he has put all that he owns in my charge. There is no one greater in this house than I. And he has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? That really struck me when I read that. First of all, when we give in to temptations, we sin against God. That's pretty serious. It's not only we sin against ourselves, but we sin against God. To me, that's a pretty powerful thing, to sin against God. Think about it. We don't want to sin against God, do we? We don't want to do things that are displeasing to God, do we? I, I mean, I know you, I, as I look throughout the crowd here this, this evening, I know that none of us set out to misplease God. That's, 
that's, that's the truth. But we, we allow these little, little temptations to creep into our lives. And we say, well, ah, you know, nobody really knows or sees me or do, you know, doing this or whatever, you know. I can get, a, I can get away with it. Well, let me tell you, we can never get away with anything. <laughs> we just can't. So here he is. He says, how then could I do this great evil and sin against God? And you know what happened to Joseph? Because she was so adamant about getting him in bed with her. And she lied. She connived. And finally, Joseph was thrown into prison. And the Bible really does not say how many years he was in prison, but the sound of it, he was quite a few years in prison. Because after the, the cupbearer of the, Lord, of, uh, of the uh, uh, Pharaoh, um, he went out, uh, left the prison, the Bible says that he was two more years in there. So we really don't know how many years Joseph spent in prison, but I know for sure that he spent more than two years. So, like I said before, the only time that the devil wins a victory is when you give in to the temptation. That is the only time. Uh, with a, with a, with a uh, Potiphar's wife, uh, she did not win a victory. She threw him in prison, but she did not win a victory. The devil did not win a victory. You may have to go to prison, but the devil will not win a victory over you. You may have to do things that is abnormal in the world setting, but the devil is not going to win the victory over you. That is amazing. We have a, we have a wonderful example in the Gospels, and that is in Matthew chapter 4. We're going to go to see what Jesus did with this. Because... Just because Jesus was the son of God, it didn't mean anything to the devil. He came at him with more barrels blasting, and he came at him with all he had. But Jesus was unmoved. <clears throat> Chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness, to be tempted by the devil. Long time ago, I read this verse, and I felt, what? He was led by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil? You just can't, it just can't be. There's just no way that Jesus, the Son of God, will be led in the wilderness by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. Well, he did. And what does it tell us, what that story tells me, that if I live by the Spirit, I will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. 
if I'll, you, do, you know that the devil cannot attack you anywhere else but your flesh and your, and your mind. That's why the Bible tells us to renew our mind by the washing of the word. If we don't have the renewed mind, we will not be able to succeed in most of these things. So, Jesus said, was led by the Spirit in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. Well, yeah, I would be too <laughs> if I live that long. <laughs> I will become hungry too. But the, temper, the, temp, the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. And we have heard so many, so many uh, uh, um, people, t t uh, sermons talking about this, you know, yeah. Every, any stone will can become a, bread, a piece of bread. You know, where it looks like bread or it doesn't look like bread. Well, the devil said, well, I'll use something, something, uh, physical to entice him because I know he's hungry now. But Jesus had his arsenal with him. <laughs> I love that. He had his guns loaded. He's, he has a two-edged sword, you know. The spoken word. And the beautiful thing about that is that we have the same thing, the spoken word. And so he answered and said, it is written, devil. It is written. Do you know that you can face the devil right up to nose to nose and can say to him, it is written. And you better know where it is written. Because it's not enough to go and tell him it is written. Because he's going to ask you where. So you have to turn around and find where it is written so you can do the battle and succeed. It is written, men shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. One down. One down. Then the devil took him into the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. So the devil went back at him, for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you, and on his hands they will bear you up, so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. That is... In Psalms 91. But you see, Jesus also knew that he said, on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Just because it's some... Just because the devil came and told Jesus, jump out. It is written in the, in the book that he will give his angels charge over you and 
you will not even hit the bottom. Before you even hit the bottom, the angels will lift you up. We cannot go on um, we cannot uh, go and, and, and do things to test God if he will do it for us or not. We can't. Cannot put God to the test. So that, again, the devil took him to the very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Go, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You see, the, the first one, the first temptation, it was about bread. Jesus was hungry. When you're hungry and you go and sit down and eat uh, a meal, you have instant grat gratification. Instantly you feel better because you're hungry. So you go and you sit down and you have a food, okay? But that, that, that hunger will return again. In no, in no time at all, you'll need to eat more. So that, that was what was the devil was presenting to Jesus, instant gratification. The other one that he told him to jump down and the angels will catch him, that is a presumption. You presume that God will catch you. How many of us do things and we say, well, God, God, God is with me. God knows my heart. God, God will, will be there to, to save me if something goes wrong. You know, that's all good and said. But to me, as I read the scripture, as I understand the scripture, that is presumption. You presume. There is no faith in presumption, you know. There is no faith at all in presumption. You presume that somebody is going to do something for you. You're not really putting your faith out there for God to save you. You presume. The next one that he asked him to bow down and worship him, that is divided loyalty. And uh, I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to ask myself. You just, you just listen. <laughs> How many times I have divided loyalty? Nobody sees me. Nothing is, is done out there, it's all done in my heart. 
It's all that in my heart. That was my heart, by the way. <laughs> all that in my heart. I do not bow down and worship the devil. Uh, you know, like in the open. But uh, I may have bowed down in different ways than actual bow down and worshiping him. A suggestion goes a long ways. The devil may come and suggest something to you. And it might not sound out of, you know, out of space type of thing. So you just entertain that suggestion. And you mull it around. And you talk it with yourself. And you think, well, it's, it's not that bad. But it is bad. But it is bad. I want to take you to James chapter 1. I'm just trying to see what time it is so I don't keep you here all night. James chapter 1. You know that uh, James was the half-brother of Jesus. And uh, so we, he lived with Jesus. I, I, I was kind of thinking about that the other day. Just like any siblings, you know, like brothers and sisters, they live together, they know, they know one another, they, they know their habits, they know their ups and downs, they know their good moments, the bad moments, they know everything about them. And I think James is just like a, 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 just a wonderful book to read and to, to take in everything that James has to say because he's very, very, very right on. So in verse 2, it says, consider all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. In another translation, it says, consider all joy, my, um, <clears throat> um, consider all joy, my brethren, when you uh, uh, diverse, when you fall into diverse temptations. So when you are falling into a temptation, consider it a joy. But don't give in to temptation. This is the proving of your faith. Yeah. This is the proving of your faith. With every temptation, it is as an opportunity to pass the faith test. With every temptation, there is an opportunity. This is your opportunity to pass the faith test. So he said, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. When you are tested in your faith, you, you produce endurance. And to me, endurance, it is something that is very strong, a person that is strong. Um, I liken those people that they, they run the marathons. Those people, they have endurance. They have practiced for years and years and years, and they run that 40, uh, 40 kilometers at that time, or miles, what was it, Spiro? 
kilometers. The 40 kilometers uh, run, and they don't fall dead. <laughs> but do you know the first runner fell dead? The first runner, what was his name? Forget. <laughs> he fell dead because he was not strong. He did it because he was bringing a victory to the Athenians. And uh, soon he told them that Nenikamen, he fell dead. <laughs> he told them victory, that's what I said. Soon he told them victory, he fell dead. So, so James goes on to say, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete in lacking nothing. I love that. I love that. But if any of you lacks wisdom, you don't go to the world. You go to God. You go to God. And let him uh, and ask of God, and uh, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to you. But, he says, you must ask in faith, without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven, tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. Being a double-minded man, unstable, in all your ways. And I think a double-minded man, he will not be able to resist temptations. He wouldn't. So I want to talk to you about, you hear a lot of people that they say, God is tempting me. Verse 13, it says, let no one, let no one, let no one say when he's tempted, I've been tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. So when you hear people saying, that I've been tempted by God, don't believe them. God does not tempt any man with evil. He is incapable of tempting anyone with evil because he doesn't have evil to give. God is not an evil God. God is a good God. God is a good God. All of my life, ever since I was a little kid, I would hear this verse be quoted in my church. And it has become the rock where I stand on. 
And this is the verse. In chapter 17, it says, now, I cried. My eyes are full of water. I can see. Every good thing and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation nor shifting shadow. In the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth so that we will be a kind of first fruits among the creatures. And he says, this you know, my beloved brethren. This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not believe, achieve the righteousness of God. I want to go back. You know, um, I lost my place here. Sorry for a minute. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15 and 16. And then we'll go back to we'll go we'll come back to James for for one moment. Hebrews chapter four, verse fifteen and sixteen. <clears throat> it says this: Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold, uh, hold fast our Confessions. Sorry, I read one more scripture than I should, but that's okay. You forgive me, won't you? For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. We do not have a high priest that who can, he cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things, as we are yet without sin. I have asked this question myself. Is it possible for me to be without sin? I would say yes. Because Jesus died on the cross for me and for you. And he forgave me all my sins, past and future. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. So I'm going to close with this. Let's go back to James for a, for a second. Chapter 1 again.
And um, verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. For, for one he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. And I'm going to read it again, 13. Let no one say when he's tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But continue to read. It says, but each one is tempted when he's carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, is given birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. The fact is, when you are going through a temptation, and you're going through it all on your own, first of all, you can call on Jesus. But secondly, you can call on your brothers and your sisters. It is okay to let somebody know that you have a problem. That's why the body of Christ is here. We are not the long rangers. We are in the body of Christ, and we can do. Don't pretend that nothing is wrong when something is wrong. Don't pretend that you're okay when you're not okay. It's not a condemnation to you to say that I have been tempted in this area, in that area, in that area. And you have brothers and sisters that they love you and they want to help you and they want to see you succeed. Jesus gave us his word. He gave us the two-edged sword. When it comes out of your mouth, it becomes a two-edged sword. And the devil cannot stand it. The last verse I'm going to read is Revelation 12 and verse 11. Revelation 12, verse 11. It says this, and they overcame him, and they overcame the devil, and they overcame the temptation, and they overcame the devil. Who are they? We are the they. We are the people that we overcome the devil. Don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let him lie to you. You are the, the, the daughter and the son of the most high God. Right. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are an overcomer. You're not just a person that is working, walking through this earth for no purpose. Your purpose and my purpose is to live an overcoming life upon this earth. The sinner out there does not see God, but he can see you, how you overcome in this life. 
you, he can see you, how you're walking daily in overcoming faith. Jesus says that trials and tribulations will come. Will come. There is not if, maybe, or it's when. They will come. Okay? All of us will face tough times. All of us will face tough, tough times. But it's what we will do with those tough times. Yeah. Are we going to sit down and take it? Or are we going to stand up and be like David and get on with our slingshot and put the devil out? So he says, and they overcame him because, because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even when faced with death. That, I'm telling you, that is one of the most powerful scriptures you can read. They overcame him because of the blood of the lamb. There is, there is, God equipped us with the name of Jesus, the blood of the lamb, and the word of our testimony. Right. You can overcome any temptation. You can overcome any temptation when you're Stand up and declare the word of God. It's not you. It's not me. It's who lives inside of you and inside of me. God wants you to overcome. Overcome. Overcoming faith. Overcome temptation in your life. I'm telling you, temptation will come. Temptation will come. It's not that maybe, if, it will come. Jesus said that. But he says, be of a good cheer. I have overcome the world. In this world, you will have tribulation. You will. That's how let's do it. But be of a good cheer. I have overcome the world. And tonight, I, I really, I really feel that that we're all grown up people here. We're not, we're not children. I'm talking about in faith. We're grown up. And we can receive this word as, um, as word from the Lord. And watch for those temptations. And uh, stop and think, what must I do when this temptation coming at you? Stop, think, act. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.